Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Ellie Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for Why It Matters. You know, Singapore is regarded as a leading insolvency and restructuring hub in Asia Pacific. But the term insolvency is a word that many businesses here don't want to get associated with. And you can understand why, right? People associate insolvency with failure, with uh, loss of jobs, investment, money, maybe uh, loose face as well. Uh, plus, high-profile corporate failures such as Hyflux are still fresh in people's minds. But the term isn't necessarily a bad word or a taboo word, especially when a company is facing certain headwinds. Let's try and deconstruct the myth behind insolvency. On the line with me this morning is Sim Kwan Kiet, the head of restructuring and insolvency practice at Rajantan Singapore LLP. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good. How are you? Very good, sir. Let's talk a little bit about insolvency and its reputation. I suppose, Kwan Kiet, to start us off, could you illustrate the difference between insolvency and bankruptcy? Yeah, so insolvency is the financial status of a company. And there are various ways to look at it, whether the company is able to pay debts when they fall due or whether the company is facing other kinds of financial trouble. But when a company goes into, or a debtor, right, to be specific, a debtor goes into a liquidation or bankruptcy, it is a process. It is a court process usually. But I think the point we're trying to make here is that when a company is insolvent, it doesn't necessarily have to go into a liquidation or a bankruptcy process because there are ways to deal with uh, insolvency situation. Right. So in other words, insolvency is more of a restructuring, whereas bankruptcy, on a deeper legal aspect, it comes with restrictions, as in you probably can't go into business again, but also comes with protection, uh, prevents you from losing every single thing that you have in that sense. Yeah. So insolvency, and going back to the point about whether it's necessarily a bad word, Sure. there are many reasons why a business may face financial distress or business fails. And from a positive point of view, it may be a needed change, a chance for renewal and a fresh start. But I think more importantly, there are ways to deal with insolvency. And as we mentioned, a debtor may actually seize business and go into a liquidation or bankruptcy process, mm. which is a formal process. But there are ways for debtors to try to rehabilitate uh, viable businesses, restructure their debts and emerge from their financial troubles. Yeah, Singapore has a bit of a reputation as a, a leading restructuring hub here in Asia Pacific. I mean, what's your observation? How do you think we, we got here? Is it because we have a save the business narrative that's quite strong? It's been a long process. I think the, the laws have evolved through the decades. And in Singapore right now, there are tools that the, the laws provide to try to rehabilitate and restructure debts for debtors. In Singapore in particular, there are what is called a scheme of arrangement and the judicial management process. A scheme, in essence, is where a debtor proposes a plan to his creditors. The creditors consider the plan, vote upon it, and if the requisite majority votes in favour, it's approved, then that's the way forward. Judicial management is where a court appoints an independent judicial manager to manage the restructuring process. So back to your point about whether it is a, a pro-business Attitude, I think it's a balance Okay. because the system does balance the interests of both the debtors and the creditors. And those are important considerations. It is not purely a case where any business can be saved or deserves to be saved. Mm-hmm. Also, it bears in mind the economic climate because during COVID-19, some of the laws did sort of change or improve in that sense. Could you walk us through some of these improvements and what is the process within insolvency? What does it look like? 
Yeah, so the insolvency process can be out of court, as in you just enter the negotiations with the creditors yeah. and try to reach some kind of settlement or resolution. Or it can be a court process where the court plays a more active role in managing timelines, milestones, and the way that the restructuring should, should go. But I want to talk about, in particular, uh, micro and small enterprises. Okay. This is because they form the bulk of businesses in Singapore and across Asia and constitute an integral part of the economy. So on your point about whether the pandemic has changed the landscape and how people have viewed this differently, there is a joint project by the Asian Business Law Institute and the International Insolvency Institute leading to a guide on the treatment of insolvent micro and small enterprises in Asia, and I call uh, NSEs for short. The guide is available online for free. It is a culmination of a thorough review of how Asian countries address insolvencies of MSEs in particular. And the guide sets out key principles, which I think policymakers can refer to in thinking about in formulating and implementing rules in dealing with MSE insolvencies, which are have a particular characteristics. I think it's, it may not be the case that the conventional methods of restructuring a business may be the best way forward mm. for MSEs, given the nature of the business, the size of the debt, uh, for example. And we have the guide on MSEs and sovereignty talking about promotion of more out-of-court debt restructuring processes rather than the court process, and even the possible discharge of debts for honest but unfortunate businesses, and also having a more simplified insolvency process for MSEs, which ultimately the, the key objective is to make sure that the way forward takes less time and is less costly compared with the conventional methods of restructuring the business. This, of course, Singapore's Insolvency Restructuring and Dissolution Act. These, of course, come with enhanced tools to rescue the viable businesses. I mean, any chance you could talk about some of the tools in particular that companies will find useful, especially the big businesses? Yes, so there's a scheme of arrangement process I mentioned, which gives the company some protection or moratorium, as the term is, is used which protect the company from legal suits, from being sued against and enforcement by creditors against the company. And they give the company some breathing space as it works out a plan. And that is useful because it gives that kind of time and, and space while the company tries to work out something with its creditors. But at the same time, as I mentioned, there is supervision by the court to make sure that timelines are met and that the whole matter doesn't drag too long. Because ultimately, if a matter takes too long, it is bad for everybody, but it leads to increased costs and a business that takes a longer time to restructure, typically, you know, the chances of rehabilitation may diminish right, if it takes too long and there's no progress. Mm. So there's also a possibility of prepackaged schemes of arrangements where if a debtor is able to come to a plan, a proposal agreed upon by the creditors quickly, you can try to avoid having to call meetings of creditors just to, again to make the, the process a bit more streamlined and, and faster and hence cheaper for everybody. Okay, okay. If we were to take a look at, I mean, your thoughts or opinion on a good insolvency system, potential investors or potential white knights uh, in that sense, what would some of the factors be that they should look out for? I think one key factor is transparency. Right. And the integrity of a process. So there are lots of components that go into a restructuring, mm-hmm. whether it's successful or failure. But as long as there is transparency, there's disclosure and, and there is Supervision, and I, I will say again that the Singapore courts do exercise that quite carefully. They at least make sure that people know exactly what they are looking at and the way forward. Even if eventually parties cannot agree on commercial terms, at least they know exactly what to say. I think what is negative is in cases where there is no end in sight, right? Mm. So I think mm. from the investor or the lender's point of view, what they don't want to see is a system where they don't know what to expect. So what's important is where the laws are clear, the systems are clear, and, and investors and lenders 
know how the procedures work. Okay. As we go into this post-pandemic world, we learn to be more endemic in that sense. Where do you see the insolvency law headed? Do you think there are further... I don't know, developments or modifications that need to happen. I mean, we talked a little bit about how some aspects of insolvency are a little bit more simplified for the smaller businesses. Where do you see this going? I think definitely the pandemic has changed the way that people look at things in some ways, but at the same time, there's some fundamentals that remain. And in a sense, the pandemic accelerated the reform process and the evolution of the laws. Mm. So in particular, back on the MSEs, Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I think the policymakers, not just in Singapore, but around the world or even in Asia, will look at how some of the measures that were implemented because of the pandemic can have a longer lifespan. Because right. I think people thought that, well, these are temporary measures. But perhaps it is also time to see whether these measures, there are good reasons to make them permanent after all. Right. I mean, like, for example, the Simplified Insolvency Program, that also recognizes the economic contribution, right? So it's, you create a situation where as much as people get comfortable with the idea of insolvency, you don't take it for granted as well. That's correct, precisely. Right. You talked about how, you know, it has changed the way people view insolvency. Do you think more needs to be done to get rid of this stigma? I guess, especially for the big companies, maybe they don't have a lot of time to listen to the noise out there, but people tend to, like the high flux situation, people tend to have a bad view of that situation. Do you think more can be done in terms of education, perhaps? I think inevitably, particularly in Asia, people do have a negative view of insolvency as a word. I think most businesses do not want to think about it. But I think through public education, through outreach programs, like this very you know, interview that we're having now, yeah. just give people a better sense to say, well, insolvency is a, is a state that you're currently in, but you don't have to remain in that. And eventually, it may just be part of the process to an end. Right. You know, either because you say, well, maybe I should rethink of how to allocate my resources in a more viable, efficient way, Mm -hmm. or if there are ways to save the businesses, let's look at it objectively and see what can be done. And there are uh, professionals who can help with that process. And the Singapore system does help to facilitate that process. Mm. Uh, So I think if there are more discussions going on, people will get more used to the idea that insolvency doesn't have to be a bad word. Yeah, okay, I hear where you're coming from. And I'm curious about your observation, just to wrap things up, Quanket. Over the pandemic, I mean, what are you observing in terms of the business landscape? How companies are dealing with, you know, insolvency or the number of companies that have had to file for bankruptcy? I mean, this morning we've been talking about the potential for recession, inflation. I mean, what kind of trouble does that spell to businesses overseas, maybe here in Singapore? What's your observation? So the pandemic has happened and is still ongoing. It's going to a certain phase where... People around the world are getting to adapt to it, getting used to it, to see how to evolve. And, and I think, by and large, I think people have adapted fairly well, especially, I think, in Singapore and in many parts of Asia. What has happened recently mm. through the inflationary concerns, I think that's added another uncertainty, another level of uncertainty to the process because of rising costs. I mean, I think yes, that's not yes. something which businesses expected out of the pandemic. Yes. Right? In fact, people have expected something our prices going down because yeah. of the pandemic, but the converse, the converse has happened. So I think that is an additional challenge. And we do see businesses struggling with that increasingly. We don't see that that leading to a huge number of insolvency filings in okay. the near, near term, but I think the effects will percolate and we might see more businesses struggling maybe in the last quarter of this year leading to early next year. 
That is my speculation. Right, right. Time will tell, of course. Time will tell. Uh, Sim Kwan Kiet, the head of restructuring and insolvency practice at Raja and Tan Singapore LLP on the line with me. Kwan Kiet, really appreciate your time this morning. You take it. Have a great Wednesday ahead. Thank you very much. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.